Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. You better say it. Amen. Axios, we are packed today. Some people started decided to come to church. Amen. We're so excited about today. It is Baptism Sunday. We, we shout in this church, okay? I'm super excited about baptism. So listen, do not leave this place without celebrating those that are going to be getting baptized today. We're going to leave here, go to the back, um, dunk some people, pray for some people, and then we'll go to the Golden Corral after, all right? Sounds good? Um, it's going to be an amazing time. Listen, you are in an amazing season of what Axios is all about. Um, around the fall time, we jump into a season called our legacy season. And our legacy season is a season where we as a church think sacrificially. We as a church come in and buy in together. Um, the next couple of weeks, I want us as a church to really buy in together, where we put aside all of our things that have to get done, and we put God's business, God's business first. Um, this, this couple months, I'm going to challenge us. This couple months, I'm going to ask us to stretch. This couple months, I'm going to ask us to live by faith and not by sight. You hear that? Live by faith and not by sight. Because our legacy season is for the expansion, not only monetarily, but the expansion of what Axios is going to be for the future years to come. I want this place to outlast us. What would be great that our kids that are now in kids' church are going to be where we are now? I'm, we're training the next Pastor Eric. We're training the next person. We're training the next worship leader because this is not about us. When we get to the point of not looking at just where our box is in this season, but thinking future, God does crazy crazy things in our lives. Do you understand that God is a God of generations? He's a God of generations. If you look into the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it's all about generation from generation to generation. They would pass down um, legacy. They would pass down monetary, monetarily things. They would pass down traditions from generation to generation. Why? Is because the generation of now needs to start thinking about the generation to come. Well, as parents, we will be horrible parents if we don't think about our kids' futures. Because in reality, they don't know what they want. So as parents, we have to think about their future. So I'm asking in this season, church, let's dig deep, sacrificially give, think intentionally, and faithfully give to what a legacy is. So before we get into that, we need to know what is a legacy, for the generations here at Axios Church. The definition of a legacy is this, if we can get that up there. A gift, by especially of money or other personal property, something transmitted by, uh, I can't receive, receiving from ancestors or predecessors of from the past. So do you understand this, that some of us are living out prayers that our grandparents have prayed? Some of you, it was extra prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? 
Exactly. We, we are living in, in positions that our parents laid out for us years past. We just don't arrive. It's generation to generation. It's passing down. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs chapter 13 and 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children's. It doesn't even say about their children's. He's talking about the children's of the children's. So that means we have to be intentional in what we pass down from generation to generation. This verse keeps us checked with our life goals, our vision, and the legacy that is set before us, even in the thoughts of the money that we have right now. We're going to go through a verse in the next couple weeks. It's going to go to Psalms chapter 21. We're going to go there. So if you have a Bible, get it out because this is the verse that we're going to stick on for the next couple weeks as we get into our legacy season. And we're going to break down this verse as it gives us a blueprint, a, a indication of what a legacy and how do we leave a legacy down from generation to generation. We're going to read the whole verse, but like I said, we're going to go through this verse throughout the, the next couple weeks as we dissect this and really um, take ownership. Do you understand that legacy has to have an ownership? There has to be accountability to it. Yeah. Somebody has to start it, right. right? So we have to make sure it starts with, we, I want us to have this mindset, it starts with me. Everybody say, it starts with me. Psalms chapter 21, verse 1 through 5, it says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders um, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, tolling uh, with the food and eat from the, uh, from the grants, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are um, heritage from the Lord, offsprings from the reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of the warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man who quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. What does this have to do with anything? I'll tell you real fast, okay? It talks about this generational legacy. On top of that, it explains what legacy is, but it explains people's role in that legacy. We're going to talk about those roles as we come in the next couple of weeks. But first, I need us to understand, before anyone takes any role, before anybody takes up any position in this legacy, you have to understand that legacy is of the Lord. It says in the, in the first verse, unless the Lord, unless the Lord is in it, it doesn't matter what anything else is. It says you can have the most crazy warriors, you can set up anything, but unless the Lord is, that's why people can put up so much treasures in the world, but it doesn't mean anything, and they leave lost and hurting and still lost and empty. Why? Because money doesn't satisfy Money was meant to be a tool and not the one that satisfies your soul. Here it says, unless the Lord, unless the Lord is moving, legacy does not matter. Unless the Lord is moving in a church, let's just think in the church setting, unless the Lord is moving, legacy doesn't matter. 
And I'm here to tell you as your pastor, the Lord is moving in this place. The Lord is moving in our midweeks. The Lord is moving in our Sunday mornings. The Lord is moving in our individual conversations with people. Our marriages are getting restored. I mean, uh, prodigal sons are coming back to the Lord. We are getting full. I mean, we're looking about another service here in in the next couple weeks because the Lord is moving. Because we made it up in our mind. Unless the Lord is is not in it, if the Lord is not in it, we close the doors. We want this place to be full of the Holy Spirit. We want this place to be full of his love, of his grace, of his mercy. And if we, are, if we lose sight of that, it doesn't matter what us, for us to think about the future if we are not setting up for even now. Unless the Lord is in it. We need to, we need to have this legacy, legacy sit as we sowing in the next couple of weeks. Let us know this, that unless the Lord is in it, we can't do anything. Here's the first thing we need to know. We need this legacy to be God-breathed. We need the breath of God to be breathed all over it. Because without the way we do it is not going to work. In our natural mind, it's hard for us to look at God's massive vision for our lives because we don't know how to get there. So we need to make sure, and we, need to, we want God to breathe on that thing. See, Adam was just something that God made, but it became alive when God breathed. If God's not breathing in this place, we are not alive. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the earth. Just because it's formed doesn't mean it's God breathed. That's why in church at times, you can, you can have the right systems. You can have the right things. You can make, you can play church. You can play church. You can get the right instruments, paid. You can get the right people, paid. But here's the reality. If there's not the moving of the Holy Spirit, you have not made a church. You have made a club. Unless God's, move, not move, unless God's moving, it, does, it, it doesn't matter. It's said from the, from the foundation of the, he, he built from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became living creature without the grace of God on this place. There can't be living a, a godly legacy. See, there's a difference between Eric's legacy and a godly legacy. For far too long, we have put platforms on pastors like me, and it has, and then whenever we fail you, the church splits. Can we put the main thing on the main thing? Listen, I'm six foot, getting bigger every day. I will fail you. Don't set me on a, plat- on a plat- platform. We have to put God where he belongs. Because he uses each and every one of us to be a part of his kingdom. And we have to put him in his place. And um, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne room of grace, that we may receive mercies and find grace to help in the time of need. Romans chapter 11 verse 6, But if... If it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Other gra- otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Yeah. 
to establish a godly legacy, we have to have grace breathe all over it because what God can do is way better than what our human hands can do every single time. Another thing about this godly legacy that we're trying to build here uh, at Axios is compounding blessings. There's this thing in the in banking or in financial world, it's called compounding interest. Compounding interest. Listen, you want some compounding interest. Because you put something in, and then over time, it compounds to more. In the kingdom of God, it's the same way. We started as a church with a hope and a dream and not one microphone. <laughs> But because somebody sowed in, it compounded to what we are now. Why? Because blessing, it says it like this. It's from glory to glory to glory. It's compounding blessings. But a blessing can't be compounded if nothing is added to it. It's true. You don't put anything in, don't expect anything back. You, you can't put anything in, don't expect the double portion. It just doesn't work that way. Amen. Oh, Pastor Eric is talking about that money stuff again. I, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything in life. You don't expect what you don't put in. Some people don't want, you don't want to put the hard work in, but then you want it to live a glorious life. You don't want to put the work in, but you want to, you, it doesn't work that way. I can't eat donuts expecting a six pack. It don't work that way. I tried. I'm still trying, sister. Compounding blessings. Sometimes we let our trials and tribulations hold us back from the blessings of God. And we, if we change our perspective of looking at trials and tribulations as blessings over blessings instead of just trials over trials, we, we look at the outcome a little differently. Because the devil don't fight you if you're not worth something. Amen. You should be scared that trials in you, are, are, are not in your way. Because then you're doing the devil's work for him. He said, I don't got to deal with this person. <laughs> so in a way, I know the trial is bad. I know it seems a little difficult. But the blessing on the other side is worth the trials that I'm dealing with right now. That's why James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4 says, count it as joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of very, of very kind. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness has its full effect and may be perfect complete and lacking nothing who wants to wake up and say i lack nothing do not curse sometimes the trials that are in your way god shows his miraculous work and pours his grace and hope and mercy even in times of need so we need to look at sometimes the trials and tribulations that comes in our way and don't give the devil foothold in your life. It might be called trials and tribulations, but for me, it's blessings on blessings. 
I might be dealing with this situation, but guess what? There's a blessing on the other side. Why? Because we have a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. He knows our ends to their beginnings. We have to trust him all the way through. It's a compounding blessing. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. But rejoice as a share of Christ's suffering. Stop right there. It's a blessing to share in his suffering. We don't preach like this all the time. In the church. Jesus didn't come and be like, hey, I'm here. And everybody loved him. Do you understand there was a cross? Sometimes we forget it. Sometimes we forget the gospel. Because we made our own gospel up. The gospel of love. The gospel of acceptance. which all those are good. That's all a facet of it. But Jesus came. He was beaten, sped on, denied, on a cross, killed, but he also rose. But the reality is he still suffered. So for us, somebody talking trash about us should not take us to the deep end of the pool. I mean... Lost family, friends. Why? For you. So we get to, have you ever thought about, we get to partake in his sufferings so that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. See, that's the promise. I need you to understand this. I need, this is a word for somebody. Just hold on. Just hold on. It's not over. It might be, it might seem dark. It might be that you might be down, but I'm here to tell you that he's not, he's not left you. Hold on because the glory that is going to be revealed on the other side of this suffering is blessings on blessings. It's glory on glory because God is in the business of compounding the blessing for generations to come. Why do we need to go through trials and tribulations? is because we need to tell the generations to come that they can go through trials and tribulations. If we didn't go through things, when our kids go through things, how are we to express to them how to go through things? It's just, it's the reality of what we have to do. It's compounding from generation to generation. And that's how we leave a godly legacy. A godly legacy. Another thing is supernatural wisdom. To leave a godly legacy, we have to have supernatural wisdom. Not just wisdom in the natural. Supernatural wisdom. There's a difference. We need some praying mamas now. (laughs) We need some... You know, we need some fathers that are going to be fathers and stand up and say, as for me and my house. It's to leave a godly legacy. In the financial world, again, how do you leave a, 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 how, how, with wisdom financially for your family in the future? Is you leave them life insurance. Yeah. 
(laughs) Shout out to the life insurance people. Life insurance is the one of the one of the most selfless things you can do. It's something that you would never partake in, but your family will. It's something it's so annoying that you pay into it, you never reap the rewards of it. (laughs) But your kids do. You pay the bill, they reap the rewards. It's the most selfless thing. But here's the reality. It's denying you and thinking for somebody else. That's tough. That's tough. And in the middle of that, you would never reap a reward. So why do we come as a church every year and set up something, money aside, for a building that we don't see yet? Because we know it's to come. And we know that when we sacrifice, it doesn't matter our timing. We might not see the reap the reap or reward, but generations will. Yeah. It's a different kind. It, it's kingdom mindset. It's kingdom mindset. We have to have supernatural wisdom about this. It's selfless to have supernatural wisdom. Psalm chapter 102, verse 18 says, let this be a record for the generations to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. They were setting up everything. They were setting up traditions and rituals. The Israelite people were setting up things for what? For people yet created to praise the Lord. I can't give it to you anymore. <laughs> Why do we do it? It's for people to find the same hope we found. It's for people that right now they're face, faceless, but we know that there's to come. It's for that marriage that we they, they might live in Ohio right now, but they're going to be moving to Lakeland one day, that they need a church. It's for those kind of people. So that means us as a church, we have to be selfless to sow in for somebody else to be blessed. It's too much, man. You know why? It's because we are kingdom people. We are kingdom people. We are, generosity is our default. It's not a second thought. We are setting up pillar after pillar, breathed by God with supernatural wisdom, with compounding blessings, a generation and a, and, and, and a legacy that's going to outlast us for people that we don't even know yet. Joey, Tatiana, we were praying for you a year ago. We didn't know who you were. Leotai, we're praying for you whenever we launch this church. We don't know who you were. Carlos, Shelly, we're praying for you. Judex, we're still praying for you. We love you, buddy. Why? You didn't know the story was going to come together. God did. DJ Cali quote, God did. But we have to, listen to this, we have to 
be selfless enough to sow into something that we don't know what the reward is going to be yet. And that's what we do as a church. Whose job is to set up for the next generation? Our job. Our job. Psalms chapter 145 and 4. One generation shall commend your works to the other and shall declare your mighty acts. It's our jobs to set up for the next generation. Last one is we need to build unbelievable faith. We need to have unpractical faith. Like faith that don't make sense. Uh, like it, it, people look at you and you're crazy. That's the kind of faith I want. Where, where they look at you, how is that going to happen? I don't know. But God did. God knows. Unpractical faith. We need to build faith in our kids. Because a generation and a culture is trying to take them, the faith out of them. And put anxiety and pressures and all this thing. And oh, no, 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 no. As for me, we live by faith. There's no other option but faith. So your kids need to see you on the edge of trusting God. Like if they have it so easy, there's no faith needed. People, your kids need to see you at times. Not all the time. I get it, you know. But they need to see, hey, we're struggling, but we're still believing. Why? Because we're building faith in them. If mom and dad can do it, when they're 12, 13, 15, 16, when they have to do it, I've seen my parents get on their knees when they didn't have anything. I've seen my parents when they, when they lost everything, they still had faith to give. Why? Because we're building a generation that is full of godly principles. How are we going to get a building when the budget doesn't say it's going to happen? Because we have faith. How are we going to grow so much when we seem so, so small because we have faith? How are we going to give that much when we have to save is because we have faith? This place started with faith. And it's going to continue to live and build on faith to know that God is able. I do not care what the economy says. Because I know there's faith people in the place. I don't care what a person in uh, miles away in in a house that is white tells me. We respect, love, pray. But the reality is, I serve a God that owns it all. And I need a church that has supported me. That is on on, on that same mindset. We cannot, listen church, we cannot be timid anymore. We cannot be timid anymore. We have to take this because there's people that are lost and dying. We can't just be talk. As Pastor Ryan said, we got to be about it. Why do we feed people that will never come to our church? It's because that's what Jesus did. (laughs) Why do we do these things, these events and all these things? It's not all about people in this place. It's about people out there that will probably never step foot in there, in here, but they will see Jesus out there. It's about being 
who God's called us to be, to leave a healthy legacy and a thriving legacy for generations to come. We need to show what faith is. Unless the Lord is in it, we can't build it. And that takes faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and now I'm going to be closing after this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it is yours. I don't know about you, but that's not just passive faith. That's just not like patty cake, lay me down to sleep kind of faith. That's faith in believing that God can do what he has said to do. It's time for us to throw mountains into the sea kind of faith in this place. It's time for us to have, do I have people in this place, a church that can see it before they touch it, can smell it before it's there, can hear it before its first sound comes out, can walk the path even though it's not set before. It's to have the vision in front of us, the faith behind us, and say God is able so we can do what God has called us to do. Unless the Lord is in it, we ain't about it. And surely God is in this place. As a runner, which I'm not, (laughs) but it's an illustration, (laughs) There's one running um, where they pass the baton, where one runs, one is reaching out, and they pass the baton, and the other one runs. Relay. That's what we're doing here at this, in, in, in this church. One has the baton, us, and we're passing it to the generations to come. But we're in the season, I'm trying to figure out what the baton is. Baton is. Because when we're passing it, they're ready to run with it. I'm here to tell you, we have generations that are rising up in our kids' church, in our, in our young adults, and in our, in our youth that are ready to run with this thing. But who are teaching them the principles of Christ? Us. We're building from generation to generation. We're passing on the baton. I love this verse in the Bible. It says 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are co-workers in Christ's service. You are God's field, God's building. You are God's field, God is building. You ever thought about that you and God are co-workers? Clocking. He could have done it alone, but he still made Adam. And who named the animals? Could God name all the animals? But he used Adam as co-laborer, part of the kingdom. Adam screwed up. 
Like we will. But think about this. God could have done it alone, but he chose to do it together. Obviously, he's supreme. There's this whole doctrine, many gods, we ain't, we ain't God. Put yourself where you belong. <laughs> but he uses us and gives us talents, abilities, resources for us to build the kingdom together. Could he do it alone? Yes. But what's faith in that? We have to constantly do it together. As you leave, we're going to be entering into our legacy season. And there's three facets that we're going to be working on for this legacy season. Last year, let me, get, let me just give you an indication of what um, last year was. Last year, our biggest um, initiative was to, was to put money aside for the future of Axios Church. And I'm here to tell you that there's still money there. We're still growing. We're still ready to do Whenever a building's coming, we're ready, all right? But also a big initiative for last year was our online campus. And you are looking at our online campus. There's people watching online. Welcome Axios Online Campus. Come on, give it up for them. You guys all sewed into that, and we got to do that. But this year is a little special for us. We're going to be doing three initiatives. We're going to call it Unite the Local, Reach the Global, and Invest in the Future. And as you leave, you're going to grab one of these and a, a pledge card, and I'll, I'll get with that in just a minute. But I want to kind of just tell you what our initiative for Legacy is this year. So next week, we're going to be signing a one-year extension lease in this place. Um, God has blessed us to be in this community. Um, it's not by accident. We believe that God has put us here on purpose. And we believe that we need to um, kind of improve some of the things that are here at our church. Um, we want to put new flooring down and everything just because, you know, we want this place to look as good as possible for people to come and experience uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been two and a half years that we've, we built this place in a month and a half. This place was a wide open thing. People came, they gave their time and energy. But you know, wear and tear comes, you know? And we want to invest a little bit more in our kids' ministry as well, also. So uh, we're, we're gonna be raising $5,000 for um, uh, the local um, area here. And then we wanna raise $5,000 for the global. Let me explain to you, oh, let me explain to you what the global is. We have partnered with an organization um, in the Philippines. And, um, what we're going to be doing is the heart of our church because we are a church plant. They're giving us the opportunity to help plant churches in the Philippines. Where there's a, there's a, a part of Axios in the whole another part of the world. Where we, there's a, a, a pastor that is, has a heart to do this. This organization goes them through the process. But us as pastors, we get to mentor them. We get to be uh, every part, give them resources of what, what we learned here at Axios and, and help launch a church in the Philippines. And we get to be a part of that. Along with that, the whole goal is to, yes, we're going to give financially and everything, but our goal is to, within a year or so, to us do a mission trip together to go to the place that we help launch in the Philippines. And they get all ready and set. And then when they're ready to go by themselves, 
We launch another church in the Philippines. How great would it be uh, many Axios all around the world? And they're not only stopping at the Philippines. They're there now, but they're going to be expanding this all throughout. And our church is going to be one of the first churches to be a part of this. So we're going to be launching churches in the Philippines with, uh, with the global part of our um, of our legacy offering, and then we're going to invest in the future. We're going to be putting $10,000 away for the future expansion of Axios Church. I don't know about you, but um, property is expensive. But God is able, right? God is able. And we just want to put money aside that we don't have to touch, that when, when the opportunity comes, we're ready to invest in the future of Axios Church. Do you see that? Do you see the future with us? Do you see it with us? And I'm challenging us, each and every one. We're going to be collecting the legacy offering November, November 5th. So we're going to give you time to pray on it as a, as a, as a family. Um, we're trying to raise 20 grand all together for here, for, the, for global, and then for the future of Axios Church. I think we can do it. No, I, I know we can do it. Why? Because we're faith people. Does it take you by yourself to give 20 grand? No. Each and every one of us can give cheerfully something towards the generations to come. And I believe that businesses can, can give, uh, individual families. Listen, do it with your kids. Do it with your kids. What are we doing? Because we're teaching them to, to build faith and, and, and to do this thing together. Why are we doing this? Because... God has given us a plan. God has given us a vision. And once a year, we come together as a family to give sacrificially for not only us, but for other people as well. We can do 20 grand in the bank right now. I'll do, anybody would like 20 grand in the bank. But we are wanting to divide this because it's not only about us. It's about people that we can bless as well. So that's our legacy um, offering for this year. We're going to be collecting in November 1st, so pray on it. We're going to give you this pledge card, and you can fill it out today, or you can bring it out next week. Um, we can have it online as well for our online campus, and I want you to pray on this. We can't do it without you. Church, let me just, let me just tell you, we can't do it without you. It's going to take everybody to think intentionally and give sacrificially. Again, don't put the pressure on you that you have to do it all at once. If it's 100 bucks, give 100 bucks. 50 bucks, it all adds up to the goal. What, how great would it be on November 5th that we can come together and say, you gave this, you gave this, and together we're pushing the mission of what God is doing in this place. Can we do it? Can we do it? Amen. So as you leave, you're going to collect one of these. It's going to give you the in initiatives and when it's going to be collected. Our, if you want to turn this in today, you can turn it into our This Is Home Corner. And, um, but I want to pray. I want to pray for each and every one of us um, as we entering into this, this season of giving. And then um, as we are praying, um, if, you are, if you are going to get baptized... Um, you can kind of just slide out, go get dressed, get ready for that. Um, if you're getting baptized, just go quietly. Um, they can start getting ready because um, Pastor Jess is going to come here. We're going to pray, and then we're going to do baptisms right after. Who's ready for baptisms? So as they are leaving, as you guys are leaving, um, let us bow our heads and pray. Father God, we present to you this year's legacy, Father God. We pray right now, Father, that what seems small 
God, you turn it big in your, in your eyes, Father God. Father God, today we entering into this season of giving and giving sacrificially, Father God. Lord Jesus, not for a person, no, for the future of Axios Church. God, I pray right now that you start working in people's lives to, to, um, to see what they want to sow in to this place, Father God. And together we can do so much more than what we can do alone, Father God. Lord, we pray as we are all in this together, God, that you breathe on it. That you breathe on it. Lord Jesus, that you compound that blessing with supernatural wisdom, Father God, so we can have unbelievable faith in you because we know, God, you are still working in this place. And we'll give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's get up for Jesus today. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com. And in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a recurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning and meet every Sunday, and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.